0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Basar Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. So today we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. What is that? It's 50 days. Pente means 50. 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead. When the Holy Spirit was poured out for the first time and the church was born with 3,000 people being converted and baptized in one day. Mate, I've done a baptism with 20 or 30 people in a day. 3,000, that would have been an awesome baptism service. We'd have went on for hours. <laughs> what an awesome day. And the Holy Spirit got poured out. Wow, message from heaven, eh? <laughs> Today, I want to preach and speak in the Holy Spirit. I want to do some teaching to explain why, what, what does Pentecostal mean. Some of say, well, we're a Pentecostal church people say, I've got no idea what that means. I want to explain and do some teaching today on what it means to live, be a Pentecostal Christian and to follow Jesus with all of our hearts. And Baso Christian Church is a part of the Australian Christian Churches. That's our network of churches with about 1,100 churches all over Australia. And the Spirit of God is moving in great power. At our recent national conference a month ago, our statement of beliefs was endorsed and just tweaked a little bit, putting in some more modern language. So I want to read just a couple of our, the statements that we believe as Christians and as a church. And the, the statement on the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit, fully divine, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. He convicts, regenerates and sanctifies and guides believers into all truth. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity And is holy God, equal with and of the same substance with the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is neither made nor created. As Paul writes, now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where where the Spirit of God comes into our hearts, there's freedom comes. You're born again by the Spirit of God. Then a freedom comes to live in peace and freedom and harmony in our lives. We are to worship the Spirit together with the Father and Son as God. John 4.24 From now on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a Spirit and He longs to have sincere worshipers who adore Him in the realm of the Spirit and in truth. So the Holy Spirit helps us. I remember when I was born again and before I was uh, spirit filled and spoke in tongues and had that uh, flow in my life, I would worship with all my heart. But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, it's like something just opened up and I could just worship more freely. I was less self-conscious. Before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I was really conscious. What's everyone thinking? If I lift my hands up, they're all going to be watching me. Um, If I get a bit excited, they're going to all be watching me. But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I stopped thinking about myself and I got more focused on thinking about Jesus and, and just the Spirit of God. And that's what happened in my life. When the Holy Spirit's at work, there's freedom to be yourself and to flow in whatever gifts and calling God has on our lives. There's uh, another statement in our doctrinal statement is on the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is a transformative experience distinct from and subsequent to salvation. It's available to all believers and accompanied by the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. It results in empowerment for effective witness to the world. The experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the resulting doctrine is held by Pentecostal churches around the world and is a central distinctive of Pentecostal spirituality. The doctrine helps to frame our identity as a movement of Christian churches that share an emphasis on the working of the Holy Spirit in our midst. In Matthew 3:11, John the Baptist proclaimed that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Yes, yeah, something burns in our hearts, a passion. A love for God, a love for his kingdom, a love for his church, a love for people. And when the Holy Spirit gets on fire inside of you, everything changes. And so if you've been raised in a church that hasn't made as much room or space for the Holy Spirit, that doesn't mean that we're better Christians in any way than you. It just means you're better equipped and you've got more freedom and power flowing in your life. And that's why um, we're a Pentecostal church. And I want to explain a bit about that today so that you can understand and be hungry for all that God has for our lives. And uh, the Pentecostal movement now is by far the largest movement in Christendom. Um, they say well over a billion people around the world are, are Pentecostal Christians now. It's not as probably prominent in some countries, but you go to Brazil, Argentina, um, Korea, most of Africa, the majority in China, the under- nearly all the Christians are spirit-filled, speaking in tongues, prophesying and moving in the power of God. Because they need the all-full power of God. We live in a comfortable um, society where we can have Jesus in our lives, but we don't often need think we need the power of the Spirit and the supernatural as much. But when you're living under persecution, mate, everyone's got everything of power in our lives. But God's calling us to live in the overflow of His Spirit. The baptism was also promised by Jesus in Luke twenty four forty nine, "I will send the fulfilment of the Father's promise to you." So stay here in the city until you are clothed with the mighty power of heaven. So after Jesus rose from there, he says, "Don't you dare leave Jerusalem until you experience the power." Because he knew they needed the power of the Holy Spirit in all of his fullness on their lives. And then Acts 1, to 4-8, he said the same thing. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what it was going to look like. They had no idea. Verse 8, but you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit is given so that we can witness for Him. And witnessing is not just speaking, it's living a life that's been connected with the life and power of the Spirit. And people say, You're different. You're different. They see it in our words, our actions, our face, our freedom, all those things. They see the presence of Jesus all over our lives. And Je- the Holy Spirit always comes to lift up Jesus. doesn't focus on himself. He's always lifting up Jesus and the Father. He's always stirring us to live out our lives passionately for the kingdom of God. Then we have Acts chapter 2, where the day that the Holy Spirit was put. It was the day of Pentecost, which was one of the feasts of celebration. So... Um, the Lord chose to pour out His Spirit on the day of Pentecost. So there were thousands of people from all over the known world there for this huge, big celebration. So in uh, verse 1 it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. You want the Spirit to move? Be in unity. Have a focus. That's what we are today. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house... Where they were sitting. And as we we're singing that song before, the sound of heaven touching earth. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. The sound of heaven touching earth. And when people get born again today, when the Holy Spirit stirs our lives, it's the sound of heaven touching earth. When Jesus came, he brought the sound of heaven and he preached and healed the sick and moved in the miraculous and revealed the kingdom of God. He says the kingdom of God is here. He brought heaven to earth. When when he left, he says, I've finished my work. Now I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to empower millions of believers all over the world and they're going to continue to bring the sound of heaven to earth. So when we live our lives, when we pray for the sick, when we are generous, when we live lives of integrity, we are the sound of heaven on earth. How awesome is that? What a privilege to be a follower of Jesus Christ. This is not surviving till next Sunday. This is living out our lives in his overflowing power. And it goes on and says, They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. I love that. That speaks to me that the Holy Spirit comes upon us as individuals. He knows your personality, your fears, your hunger, your background, your experience, your understanding or lack of. He comes in personal freedom and power every day to our lives. I just love that. Some people are extroverts and so they have this incredibly powerful uh, extrovert experience. Others are quiet introverts. I remember the first day we moved to... Uh, I was a youth pastor in Brisbane, then we went to a church in Ipswich for eighteen months, and I was the assistant pastor. And the first Sunday, the pastor said, "I want you to preach," and I said, "No, you're the senior pastor. You preach." Says, "No, I want you to preach." He says, "Oh, look, we've had busy time. We had two little kids," and I said, "We just need a couple of weeks to settle in." Jesus. He says, "No, I want you to preach." He wouldn't give up, so I said, "Okay." I said, "Lord, I don't know what I'm going to preach." He said, "Just preach on the river of God and the Holy Spirit's power." And I remember I preached, and God just came in grace. He came in grace and power and the whole place erupted that day. There were dozens of people at the front and I remember we prayed and one guy got filled with the Holy Spirit. He was speaking so loudly in tongues, the whole church could hear it and I was like, wow, God's doing something with him and I'm praying over here. Afterwards, the pastor said, that was amazing. I said, it sure was. God poured out his spirit and I said, you know that guy over there that was the noisy? I said, yeah. He said, He came, he's been in our church for a few years. They came from a very quiet, conservative background. I think it was a Lutheran church. And he said, He's been open to the Spirit, but not really this demonstrative stuff and speaking in tongues. And he said, God just so overwhelmed him. He was just yelling at the top of his voice in tongues. The power of God was all over him. His whole family opened up to Jesus. He said, that was amazing. I said, it sure is. I said, sometimes, but God obviously saw the hunger of his heart inside. And he had all these fears and religion and, and reservations over his life. But he got so transformed that day. And I said, Holy Spirit, you do it your way. You do it your way. So your experience can be an example. But when it comes to being full of the Spirit and living a Spirit-filled life, We encourage one another but we don't impose our level of faith or how we think it should happen. We share our stories to inspire one another but the Holy Spirit is very individual and He fills us and overflows us every day in His way. Then it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This was a supernatural event. This had never happened before. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. I believe that sound was not just uh, the crowd of 120 that probably spilled out um, into the area and were filled with the Holy Spirit. There was a sound that shook the whole city because when God moves in a church or a group of people or an individual life, there's a sound in the spirit realm goes out. There's a stirring and all of a sudden people just start to gather. I've been in meetings where it's like a sound goes out and all of a sudden there's hundreds of people just start showing up. You haven't been on social media or advertising. I remember years ago, we had a, 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 for a few days we had a guest speaker and there was busloads of people started coming. and said, how did you hear about it? He says, I don't know, someone told us that something was happening. So they just all came. And we had all these people show up. We had one lady who was out on a weekend release from, from prison and she was a compulsive stealer. So we lost a few handbags that day, but a lot of people got filled with, a lot of people got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And it, there were just people came from everywhere. And I said, what happened? It was like a sound went out all over the Sunshine Coast for a few nights. We baptized um, 30 people in water in three days. And I thought, wow, what was that? It was like a sound from heaven just started to ripple out. When lives get changed, the sound of heaven comes and shakes our cities and our community. Let me tell you, we're moving into a new season where the sound of heaven is going to break loose. It's going to break loose. It's going to break loose through your life, through our church and the churches of our city, where whoever's open and hungry, the sound of heaven is going to flow and set people free. Utterly amazed. They said, "How aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of them hears them speak in their own native language? Then it lists all the different um, groups. I won't read them all out. And it says in uh, verse 11, Both Jews and con- converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some of them said they're drunk with wine, and Peter says, gets up and says, No, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Pubs aren't open yet. It was the Holy Spirit came and overflowed people's lives, filled them with uh, life and freedom in their hearts. Subsequent bapt- accounts of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts bear witness to the Pentecostal experience. Along with the day of Pentecost event, this includes four other times in the first uh, eight or nine chapters it talks about the Holy Spirit being poured out in uh, Acts 8, 14 to 19. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also the ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Simon was into witchcraft. He met and he encountered Jesus, but his heart hadn't been changed. He said, Oh, this is an awesome power. I want that. So he offered money to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. doesn't work that way. And Peter rebuked and says, Don't you chase after the things of God for personal gain. It's about the kingdom of God. And that's a warning that came for us there. The story of Saul in Acts 9, we won't read that, but he was out, he was a religious zealot, he was a terrorist uh, and he was arresting Christians and having them thrown in prison and some even killed because he uh, didn't recognise Jesus the Messiah. But God knocks him off his horse, he gets filled with the Holy Spirit, he's blinded in the natural for three days and his eyes were open in the spirit realm and his life, he became a great uh, evangelist and a preacher for God so he was clearly full of the Holy Spirit and then Acts 10 44 it says uh, this is the story of Cornelius and his household while Peter was still speaking his words the Holy Spirit came all who heard the message the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God hey we've got to be careful we don't Lock anyone out of the the power of God. Think, oh, they're, 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 I don't know how God can reach them. Hey, the early church said, how could God reach those who weren't of Jewish faith? And God just showed up and just filled all these people with the Holy Spirit. They were born again, filled with the Holy Spirit and power, and prophesied and had supernatural works. Don't ever think that God can't do it. Some of us have got family members think, oh, they're as hard as a rock. Well, God loves breaking open the hard places. And so let's make room for the Spirit to fly. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand the way of their being baptized with water. They've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. And the fifth one is the Ephesians. When uh, they got to Ephesus, which was a major city of that time, and it was an evil city with a lot of idolatry. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Acts 19.1, there he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. That's what some people are like today, never even heard of the Holy Spirit. They answered, no, we've not even heard. Paul, so Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. These were born again believers, but they hadn't experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So these five accounts provide the basis for the Pentecostal understanding of baptism in the Holy Spirit, which upholds that the experience described in these texts is also available today. When explained in detail... The doctrine has three distinct features. It describes the baptism of the Holy Spirit as an experience that is, number one, distinct from and subsequent to salvation or the new birth. When you're born again, it says you were born again by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals Jesus to us, that we are sinners, that we need to be saved by faith in Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit comes in and makes Jesus real to our lives. So you're born again by the Holy Spirit. But then there is a subsequent Infilling or overflowing, or baptism means to be fully immersed. It's not how much you've got of the Holy Spirit, it's how much is, of you has He got. And when you are full baptized, He has got every part of you. And that's why some people say, Well, why would He choose speaking in tongues as a sign of being filled? Well, in the book of James, it says the tongue is the most unruly member of our body, it's the hardest one to contain. So I reckon God supernaturally says, well, I'll sort these people out. If they surrender their whole being, including their tongue and their mind and their speech centre and their whole being, and they start to speak in a supernatural language, then I know that they've surrendered fully to me. That makes sense, doesn't it? God is supernatural. He can choose whatever He wants. And so we see that they were filled with those. Secondly, it's accompanied by and evidenced by the manifestation of speaking in tongues. And some people say, well... You can have the Spirit and not speak in tongues. Yes, you can have the Spirit. We're born again. God can use us in our gifts and all sorts of ways. But I believe that you don't have a freedom and a flow and that full measure that God wants for you if you don't open up and begin to flow in that supernatural gift. Some would push back and say, well, I'm not sure about that. I want you to study the Scriptures and keep your heart open because the Spirit of God wants us to live in all His fullness. And, I, and some people get think, uh, caught up in 1 Corinthians 14 and say, well, well, some will speak in tongues in a public setting and, and uh, then there can be interpretation. It's very clear from Scripture and Paul's teaching that there is a, a private, personal uh, encounter with the Holy Spirit and personal prayer links that is available for every believer. There are times when God would stir someone to prophesy or speak a message in tongues and someone interpret. and that's a public expression of that and not everyone does that all the time, otherwise we would have chaos. And so some people get confused with that. But if you study 1 Corinthians 14 and the rest of Scripture, clearly you'll see that that's how Paul taught the use of speaking in tongues and it's been a big issue. And some people say, well, why is it such a divisive issue? Why have some churches, even denominations have started or stopped because of speaking in tongues? Because the Holy Spirit is so powerful and the devil knows how powerful this is to release people's lives in the power of the Spirit. That's why it's caused so much confusion about speaking in tongues and the demonstration of the supernatural. I want to encourage you, just be open and let, to let the Holy Spirit lead you on His pathway. And thirdly, it's for the purpose of empowerment for witness and ministry. Speaking in tongues is considered the distinct and characteristic sign of confirmation of a person's reception of the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's noted that of the five accounts of people being filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts, only three of them record clearly speaking in tongues as initial evidence that they had received the Spirit. That was Acts 2, Acts 10 and Acts 19. This is most likely due to the way that Luke constructed the historical narrative of establishing Acts 2 as the pattern for baptism in the Spirit accompanied by speaking in tongues. Luke does not repeat all the aspects of the description of the established paradigm except when there is a significant shift. Therefore it's not surprising that the case of the Samaritans in Acts 8 and the story of Saul later called Paul in Acts 9 do not highlight the initial manifestations of tongues though Paul clearly said I speak in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14.18 says I give thanks to God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Wow. So he knew the power of the Spirit. We say, how come he saw so many signs and wonders? Speaking in tongues is not something that just uh, is supernatural for you to connect with God. It's something that releases God's power through your life. It's a point of surrender. And God wants us to have all, I just say, God, I want all that you've got. I want to have all that you have, healing, freedom, power, anointing, truth, revelation, all, I want, just want all that you have so I can be all that you want me to be. And that's what we see. And it goes on, and so Paul was clearly spoken in tongues. However, a significant um, shift occurs in Acts 10 where the Spirit is received by the Gentiles for the first time. This shift in the um, expansion of the Gospel clearly causes Luke to repeat the, the model established in Acts 2 to emphasize with clear proof of speaking in other tongues that both Gentiles and believers outside the geographical locality of Judea and Samaria are now included as full members of the people of God. This is reinforced in Peter's speech that the Holy Spirit came on them as He had come on us at the beginning, Acts eleven fifteen, 15. And then states that God gave them the same gift as He gave us, Acts eleven seventeen. The Holy Spirit was truly empowering the church community to witness to Christ beyond Jerusalem. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit... Which is a transformative experience distinct from and subsequent to salvation. It is available to all believers and accompanied by the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. It results in empowerment for effective witness to the world and continues this mission today. Speaking in tongues is also a spiritual gift for the benefit of the church. 1 Corinthians 12 through to chapter 14, and we'll do some more teaching on that again. Pentecostal Christians worldwide can testify this experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit as a powerful and transformative encounter with the Holy Spirit that is received by faith and is available to all believers. God wants to fill us and overflow us. So you don't seek after the gift of tongues, you seek after the fullness of the Spirit, you seek after Jesus and hunger for Him and He will give you all that you need. And I believe that's the key. So I was born again when I was 17, the day I finished grade 12. And it was four months later in a youth camp here at Beth Shen Campsite that used to be next door here that I got filled with the Holy Spirit on Easter Sunday night, 1975. It's amazing that happened all those years ago. And here we are pastoring the church for 20 years in Harvey Bay. We lived, I lived up at Crow's near Toowoomba at that time. But I got filled with the Holy Spirit here. And I was so desperate. I said, God, I'm not leaving this camp until I get filled with your Spirit and speak in tongues and have your power in my life. And I remember the battle because I knew it all in my head. I'd been raised in a Pentecostal church. So I was trying to work out how it was going to happen. So I was living out of here instead of here. And God says, come on, just release your heart, open your life and trust me. And then out of my innermost being flowed a river of living water that I've never, ever slowed down since. And people say, why are you so passionate? It's because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And I've learned not to let the fear of people hold me back from being free in the Holy Spirit and the worship, and the freedom that's come in my life, and that's a journey that God has done in my life. Pentecostals also recognised that baptism in the Holy Spirit is not a substitute for the process of discipleship, nor a shortcut to spiritual maturity. And I, I remember when we were first Christians in a Nambour, and there was a gentleman in the church, and he He had plenty of challenges in his life but he was passionate for Jesus and he used to speak in tongues morning, noon and night and uh, he always had great revelations but his personal life was a mess, it was chaos and somehow he thought if he prays in tongues enough everything else will just get sorted. But he wasn't obedient to the Word of God. He wasn't uh, um, loving people properly. He was just taking advantage of people. He thought he was more spiritual than everyone else. And his life was a mess. And I went to the pastor one day and says, what's happening with this guy? It doesn't all add up. He says, no, we're trying to help him see that just because he prophesies and has, speaks in tongues, he thinks everything else, will just, he can just forget the rest and just focus on that. And I said, no, well, he's missed the whole point. Because when you make room for the Holy Spirit, it will bring true freedom in your life. You'll want to obey God's Word. You'll want to share Jesus with others. You'll want to be kind and loving and caring. You'll want to honour and respect one another. You'll want to honour others first and not think you're the best. And, and for years, that guy struggled to get it in order. And I'm not judging him. It was just he struggled to get the whole understanding. So being full of the Holy Spirit is not a spiritual tick. You know, you have checklists, yep, that one, I baptised in water. It's about relationship with God and the ongoing life of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage us, let's flow in that. The baptism of the Holy Spirit importantly encourages the ministry of every believer, regardless of age, gender or social status. Acts 2.17 says, this is what I'll do in the last days, I'll pour out my Spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. What's to prophesy? It's speaking words of life. The Bible says that if you prophesy, it's to bring encouragement, exhortation, and comfort. It's just sharing a word, or hey, I'm just feeling um, something in my heart for you. You're building people up. You're encouraging them just got a scripture in my heart i want to share with you it's all about blessing others and helping them grow into new freedom in their heart and their life while each believer individually receives spirit baptism the empowerment is not for personal advantage or spiritual elitism but for the corporate purpose of loving service to the church and to the world worship team come on up god's love is poured into our hearts by the holy spirit I've been amazed. Some people have had lots of brokenness and pain in their life. They get filled with the Holy Spirit and there's a freedom starts to come over their lives. All of a sudden, they've now got the grace to forgive. They've now come into a place where they can start to let go of the pain and trauma. They can now face the past and say, God, I want to bring it under your healing hand. And i found the Holy Spirit's power often helps us Be able to keep responding and being transformed. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom to be grow in the power and love. Romans five, five. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. In spirit baptism we can be united together in Christ to continue the ministry of Jesus. We we'll sing that last song, "Spirit Break Out." I love that song with the "Touch of Heaven," heaven touching earth. Luke four eighteen nine. What was the ministry of Jesus? This is what Jesus said before he started preaching: "The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor." Why don't we stand in His presence? I just want to let's stand as I read this scripture, and this is what the Holy Spirit wants to empower you and I to flow in. He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I love that story with Riley favor. When we follow Jesus, his favor comes. It doesn't make us better, it just brings favor and peace and blessing. God has raised us up as a church, as individuals, as families to bring his presence to our broken world to carry his amazing love i want to encourage you if you are filled with the holy spirit and speak in other tongues do it regularly because it releases i pray in the spirit and i pray with my understanding i sing in the spirit i sing with my understanding if you're a new christian or you've come from a background and you think oh, i'm not sure about speaking i just want to encourage you Watch this uh, message again. Dig out the scriptures and just say, Lord, I want all that you have for my life. If you come with an open heart, it's amazing what he'll do. Maybe today you're hearing and you say, I don't even know this amazing Jesus. I need to know his love and power in my life. John 7.37 says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. You want the life of the Spirit, you've got to come to Jesus first to be born again and drink of His living water. Say, Jesus, I just want you in my life. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Holy Spirit's here today. He's been touching our hearts. Why don't we just close our eyes here? Why don't you reach up your hands to heaven and just say, Lord, I love you. Thank you for your spirit of life that's come to touch and fill us. Thank you for the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the gift of grace, the gift of power. Maybe today you say, hey, I'm, don't feel very energetic or powerful or strong in my spirit or your body today. Reach up to heaven because he just wants to fill you afresh with his spirit and power. He wants to give you energy and strength and breakthrough. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at our Christian Church.